This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm Ross. You know who you are. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here today. I want to bring you a conversation that my friend and coworker Melanie Hester had with Trillia Newbell. Trillia is an author and a speaker, and she will also be a faculty member for the 2022 Child Discipleship Forum. While you will certainly learn more about the Child Discipleship Forum in this conversation, I want you to pay attention to the ways in which Trillia can help all of us understand how we talk to our kids about the unique identity that they have in Jesus. If you're ready to save your seat today, check out the show notes. And if you want to learn more about Trillia or get any of her books that are referenced in this conversation, you can also find information about that in the show notes today. So Melanie's going to get us started. And thank you for listening. This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I am so thrilled to be here today. My name is Melanie Hester, and I work at Awana as the Community Engagement Manager. And I am here today with Mike Handler and Trillia Newbell. The two of them today are joining me for a conversation just to introduce you to who Trillia is. And, and she is going to be speaking at the Child Discipleship Forum in September in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, and we are just thrilled to have her. She has done incredible work in so many different areas, and but we are particularly fond of the work she's done with kids. Um, she's written a number of books that we might get a chance to talk about today, one of them being Creative God, Colorful Us, and a favorite in my home, which is God's Very Good Idea. She's an author, she's a speaker, she is a mom, and we're going to just dig in today about who she is and how God has led her to have the life and influence um, that she does. Mike Handler, he is also just a voice that has influenced Awana in significant ways. He's the Chief Communications and Innovation Officer. And man, we are just going to talk today about what does it look like to serve kids and, and to really dig into Bible teaching. So Trillia, thank you for being here. Mike, thank you for being here. It's so good to have you. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to be part of this conversation. Uh, Trillia, we're, our, we are big fans at Awana. So maybe you could start off by telling us a little bit about, you know, kind of give us that bird's eye view of who is Trillia Newville, right? Who, who, who do we have the pleasure of kind of talking to today? I know Melanie gave you the, the flyover introduction, maybe a little level down, if you don't mind. Okay, well, it's, a, it's just a joy to get to chat with you guys and... Um... It's, it's always so encouraging and I that my books have blessed or served any family or anyone. It's just messy, amazing to me. Um, okay, so I am, you mentioned it, but I am a wife and a mother and my two children, so I have two children, they are 15, almost 16, which wow. is terrible. Yeah. It's awesome insofar as I actually love the teenage years, but it's mm. awful insofar as it's all going by so fast. Yeah. Like everyone who tells you that and you're like, oh, whatever. No, it's true. So he'll be <laughs> 16 in July. And then I have a 12 year old girl. So those are um, my kids. And I live in the Nashville area, which is a blessing. Um, so I'll be going in my backyard when I get to serve um, at the conference. And so I'm looking forward to that. And I don't, I actually, these, open-ended questions don't 
do well for me. So let's get then into a little bit more because having, you know, I can relate to what you're saying with the family thing. Uh, our two older kids, we have four kids in total. Our two older kids, uh, we have a 15 year old and a soon to be 13 year old and it does fly by. I mean, good night. Everybody who tells you that is a hundred percent true. Uh, it, I can't believe it, but but seeing as though you're a wife and a mom, um, let me ask you this question as it relates to where we're going at the Child Discipleship Forum. And when did you first start to understand the importance that child discipleship would play, uh, whether that's in your own family or possibly even in your life when you were growing up, perhaps? Well, that's an interesting question regarding my own life. I didn't become a Christian until the age of 22. Hmm. And so child discipleship would not have been on my radar. I would have kind of i would have been ex i would have experienced church but it would only have been on holidays so sure. we would dress up and go to easter and and so there was a sort of honoring god but not worshiping god hmm. that i i kind of developed as a kid so i would i would honor my dad i was more i was definitely afraid of my dad in a good yeah. way <laughs> but i just didn't I didn't know Jesus. And so when someone was faithful to share the gospel with me when I was 19, and <clears throat> it took a couple of years and some hardship <laughs> before I submitted my life to him at the age of 22. And so, so when I became a Christian, the Lord changed my whole entire worldview. I actually would have said um, growing up that I was anti feel strong but anti children i was not actually the even the thought of having children i thought they were a burden i was like wow why would anyone want to do that <laughs> that was my view and so the lord changed my heart tremendously and radically um changed my worldview changed my heart and and i remember just reading um that is it someone 39, I always get it wrong. Anyways, that um, that we were knit in our yeah. mother's room and and um, that God, he counts the hairs on our head and he knows it so intimately. Okay. And it was, it was kind of then that I started to realize, oh wait, God loves children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something he cares so deeply. Um, he's, it's so intimate. And, um, and then, uh, I would say, then I started to kind of get an understanding of the Imago Dei, the image of God, and realized the importance of all people. But but the Lord just did a work in my heart. So I just, I didn't, I didn't have it in my world's view or in my desire to be married and have children. And it just wasn't what I was thinking about or pursuing in any way. Then I... This is like probably way more than you. <laughs> no, bring it on. Come on. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> then um, after I got married, I knew I wanted children. And and I knew it was it was it was, I think because I became a Christian at the age of 22 and had such a childlike faith and <laughs> and was so aware that I was adopted into a new family. There was just such an awareness at the, of the language of, 
like a child before the yeah. Lord that I, I knew I wanted to have children, however the Lord would give it to me and raise them um, under his word and authority and by his grace. So child discipleship, I don't know if I would have called it that, but I would have thought, yes, I'm, I'm to disciple my children. God's yeah. called us to make disciples of all nations. And so if I'm going to have children, it was probably pretty clear to me early on that, well, he's called me to make disciples and well, I, I need to disciple these little humans. <laughs> and so, so early on, I had a desire to disciple my children. I just didn't know how, right? So <laughs> none of us know how. So it was yeah. pretty, pretty early on. I will say that I've had, I had four miscarriages. It was a very difficult mm -hmm. time. Um, and I didn't, it, it was, yeah, it was just a difficult time, but, um, the Lord did give me Weston and Sydney and I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, Julia, thank you for sharing so much of that. I think it's, it's funny because there's so many of us who, who feel like we have loved and wanted to serve kids at it from a certain moment in our life on i think god calls each of us to that space and and for some maybe it's younger and for others like you it's older it's a different space where all of a sudden it's potentially with your own kids that your heart develops for for children um so i wonder uh, like you mentioned that you didn't come to know christ until you were 19. so from 19 on what would you say is like a key like formation moment of yours in your own discipleship journey yeah. like that was a moment yeah yeah so i became a christian at the age of 22 but the friend shared the gospel with me at 19. it just okay. took, a, took a while it's... for me to submit so i was like Lord, <laughs> my way but anyways so, <laughs> so he submitted me he said yeah. he humbled me you know anyways whatever okay <laughs> so, <laughs> i um what was gosh relationships I could not imagine had I heard the gospel and then didn't someone continue to pursue me and and yeah. then when I I plugged in to a local church and I was discipled mm -hmm. and that like I was discipled so so I can know how to disciple and yeah. and so I think that's so essential relationships and teaching the word so we would open God's word together and talk about scripture together and mm -hmm. pray together and confess sin. So mm -hmm. like raw, honest. And so for me, that formation, that kind of understanding the Hebrews 10, where mm -hmm. like, you can do this alone, do not neglect meeting together. Um, reality, reality was part of my formation. And so it, it's actually how I try to live my life. And, and I want to do this so that also my children can see, you can't do yeah. this alone. We need people. Yeah. So um, so plugging into a local church, being discipled by other people um, was really what formed me at, at, to be a disciple maker, um, mm -hmm. is to be discipled. And um, and so, and, and it's, and it's stuck with me. I, I really do believe in the, um, call that Jesus called his, his disciples to go and make disciples. I've already 
quoted this because it's just something that's been ingrained in my own mind and heart, but to go and make disciples of all nations mm. and um, teaching them yeah. to obey all that he's commanded. So we don't want to stop at just evangelism. We need to disciple, teach, instruct, yeah. um, encourage, and throughout the whole scriptures where you really cannot obey the New Testament uh, in isolation. You just can't. Yeah. Yep. So, so that's, that's part of my formation was becoming a Christian mm -hmm. and being discipled and plugging on in. And, um, yeah. Yeah. That's well, awesome. I think, yeah. What's so unique about that is we talk about, I don't want to, one of the key findings we're having for the child, the discipleship of a child is an adult who loves and invests and pours into them within the context of a, of a healthy church. Right. And so I love that we, it, we get caught up in that child world, but it's so good to be reminded, like you're saying that that also extends into the adult world as well. That's just as important in our own lives and in our own journeys of discipleship to have somebody who can walk along through that with you and to cry and to confess and to point each other to Christ for sure. So what was it in that moment that, you know, you're, you're 22, you finally surrender to the Lord and you're like, okay, God, I give this to you. Where was it in that space that all of a sudden you felt this pricking of like, huh, this Bible, this teaching of the Bible, this ignites something in me. So I'm at, so you're asking me when, when was the which teaching? <laughs> no, like when was it that your you teaching felt, of the Bible? Yeah, yours. Like when was it that you felt the oh. passion to say, "Man, I want to teach the Bible to other people." Got it. Oh, like right away. So <laughs> I, well, when you're when someone shares the gospel and you're radically changed, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, the gospel has the power to save. Amen. Yeah, I gotta share it with everyone. Yep. So I. It was actually, I had gotten into law school. I was in graduate school. I had deferred it, thought I was going a different direction. And the Lord was like, wow. burning on my heart. No, you're going to be a campus evangelist and raise money and be poor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I remember actually throwing my Bible, which probably wasn't appropriate, but I was like, no, am I really supposed to do ministry? I just, Lord, please may that not be you. And <laughs> <laughs> like, That's kind of how it works a lot of time, right? It's just like, <laughs> give me anything else here. Anything else, you yeah. get it. Um, and so then I asked my pastor, hmm. pastor, do you think this, am I just losing my mind? Should I finish this degree? And he was like, are you kidding me? Yes, this is yes let's do this and so i ended up hmm. doing campus uh, ministry and immediately I, it was so burning in my heart and hmm. i like i could cry right now thinking about it which is hmm. really interesting but god so radically changed me and so i um couldn't keep it to myself yeah i didn't hmm. want to keep it to myself and i still feel that i still feel that right now today um and so whatever means, whether it's through books or whatever, I want people to know Jesus. Yeah. Um, like, I really do. I really <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, so yeah, it was not very long. And I was, I, I remember 
I probably barely knew the gospel and (laughs) trying to share it with people. It was just, yeah. So it was pretty immediate. (laughs) That's, that's amazing. And I think what God, God takes those like white heart, white hot burning hearts, right. That are just so desirous of who he is and fills them overflowing. And I mean, out of that, Trillia, you get a passion for teaching the word for, for bringing forward truth and grace. Right. I mean, that, and it's, an authentic expression of who you are and your giftedness. And it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, but, but let me turn the corner there. I mean, cause you are a, a, an accomplished, I know it's weird to talk about an accomplished Bible teacher that, that kind of, there's probably something wrong in that statement somewhere, <laughs> but, but you, you, you have, Paul's you like, have, I've been whipped. I've been yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm accomplished. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> I will say, so let's put it this way. You have these experiences of, of teaching at uh, ERLC. You have the experiences of teaching at uh, the Gospel Coalition, City the City, Wheaton College, like all of these places uh, that are, we'll say influential, right? And, and yet at some point you also, as a Bible teacher, you, you start focusing on writing for kids. Tell us about that journey. How did you go from, you know, wanting to proclaim from platforms to, you know, kind of sitting at a desk and and writing for kids? Yeah. So let me start by saying, because I I really think this is important and I've kind of hinted, I started at a local church. And so I actually, after I did my internship with um, college ministry, I just, I started teaching kids. So I just, I taught children's ministry and it was so fun. And I also did a little co-op class, but that's a different topic, but it was, <laughs> but I, well, I, I do love teaching the next generation and inspiring the next generation. So it wasn't something that was completely out of left field. The writing was not the teaching. So I've been teaching them, the writing that was out of left field. <laughs> and this is, but guess how it was birthed? From a local church context. Yeah. So what I what happened was, I was teaching a Sunday school lesson, and I was going to be teaching it on in the Im- image of God and on um, uh, the church, and just trying to find a resource for it. But mm. what I was looking for, I could not find. That doesn't mean it wasn't out there, and there's lots of things now. But what my heart, gospel heart, couldn't find what I needed. And so I wrote it Mm. for the Sunday school lesson. So God's very good idea is a Sunday school lesson. So what happened was I taught the school lesson and the kids were, they were so sweet and so interested and engaged and asking fun questions and funny Mm. questions. And, and I was trying to figure out how to teach. Okay. How do you teach this big concept in Mago day and it was a Oh, reflect. So I'm teaching these kids and the, the what the gospel does and mm-hmm. how we can know Jesus. If you you confess and ask him and to know him and you can know him. And then I'm teaching them. And guess what? That means that you, if you know Jesus, if you profess faith in Jesus, I wouldn't have used the word profess, but if you know Jesus, you are brothers and sisters in Christ. So I'm teaching them. That's awesome. and I get a call from a friend um who from a friend whose daughter was in there and she said her daughter said sydney my daughter she said 
my daughter was so moved by it. She said, Sydney, mm. not just my friend, she's my sister. <laughs> yes, beautiful. And I was like, Lord, how can, maybe this mm. needs to go beyond just my, my little church. Yeah. Wow. So I reached out to a publishing org that I love and knew when we're writing new board books and mm. for kids. And I was like, hey, I've never written a kid's book before. Don't even know if I can. <laughs> I did this Sunday school lesson. You Can you take a chance on this? I have a feeling it's there's a gap there. There's a need. Will you do yeah. it? And they're like, yeah do it we'll take this chance that's awesome wow and god's very good idea with birth and but that i was not thinking i've never thought i'm gonna be a kid's children's book author yeah yeah never once and the lord just keeps opening doors and i actually have i've gained a, a new passion hmm. for for it but i really one of the greatest joys is getting to go to sunday school. so yes i'm still on big stages fine but i if you look at my social media what i love the most is when i get to go to a school to share mm. to read my book and these kids their response and it's the it's so life-giving and such a it's so encouraging to my faith it builds my faith every mm. time to hear their little minds and hearts and their what they're thinking and they're very like challenging questions and you're like yeah. Let me go read my Bible. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's so true. It's so great. So engaging. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Research is clear. Parents hold the most significant influence in a child's development. That's why Awana developed Talk About. Talk About delivers child discipleship through simple discussions and family fun, forming lasting faith, one conversation at a time. With your family's monthly subscription, you'll receive an email each week containing your Talk About bundle, including guided conversations through suggested scripture passages, which allow families to engage in the Bible and answer big questions with the truth of God's word. You'll also get fun, hands-on activities to take the guesswork out of child discipleship. Kids will color, create, sing, and share, and kids will remember and reinforce what they've learned throughout the week. It's the everyday moments of life that can become moments that make an eternal difference. These are the moments Talk About was created for. Bring the gospel home and help your kids form lasting faith, one conversation at a time. Try one month of Talk About for free with this special promo code exclusive for our podcast listeners. Resilient. That's resilient for one month of Talk About for free. Get started today at talkaboutdiscipleship.com. So that is how that was birthed. But yes, I. it was in a local church context and... Mm. Though I don't teach uh, Sunday school right now, I have I have, don't. Um, it has been it's been I did for many years, probably eight, nine years, mm. and then I wrote this book. And so, um, well, Charlie, I just haven't. I mean, I have this book, and I didn't even have to buy this for this conversation because it's genuinely one of our kids' favorite books, Aww. and. 
Oh, their favorite pages in this book, I'm just going to read it really fast so people can hear this little segment of it, um, is that God's idea was to make people, lots of people, lots of different people who would all enjoy loving him and all enjoy loving each other. They would all be made in his image. They would all be like mirrors reflecting what God is like. Because God is full of love, they would be full of love too. And one of the, one of the, favorite things, one of the reasons I love that page is that really, let's be honest, Trillia, this whole book is so gospel centered. Like I didn't anticipate it to feel like when I finished reading that book with my kids, that they had just been shared the gospel. And yet that's what that book is. Like you go from the beginning, laying this identity over kids. And I remember my kids saying to me like, Oh, like they, that was one of the first times they understood that the concept of that, because God is love, I can love, right? It's because of his love that's flowing through me. And it's because they just have this very beautiful, like this beautifully drawn image and these words that help prick their heart. Mm. And so you're quite literally speaking God's identity in areas that you have even no idea. You didn't know that we have that book. You didn't know that my kids love this book, right? Like you're speaking God's identity over children. And so what is it about the concept of identity that, that God's drawn you to speak more about? Um, first of all, I'm so moved and so encouraged. And will you tell them that you spoke to Miss Trillia and she says, thank you. And I will. <laughs> you, I will. you pass that on. Um, okay, well, we really, I believe we all need to start where God starts, which is Genesis 1. And so I, I think we get lots of things wrong because we don't start with the foundation that we are all created in the image of God, that we are all created equally. He did not discriminate against who he gives his image. So that sets a good foundation. We will get to Genesis three. We will get to all the rest, but start there. That is some good news before the good, good news, right? And so I, for me, I think um, laying that foundation of, before we even get to who we are in Christ, that God has created everyone, um, even before they've professed faith in Jesus, he's created them, everyone in their, in the image of God. So we have the capacity to reflect the Lord in all sorts of ways because he of his generous yeah. this generous gift and we are not like the animals we he, he did that god did that god had yeah. that in mind and it makes me think of is it psalm 8 who am i that you would be mindful, mindful of me yeah. who, are, who is man that you are mindful yes. of him i mean the stars you've created all these things but you've given us your image so yeah. that's amazing and it, it, I, I believe it, it not just dignifies us, mm-hmm. it dignifies all the people around us. So it changes the way it ought to, the way we view other people. And if kids can get that oh, in their hearts, then they're going to view their neighbor as made in God's image, as with value and worth, because God has given them value and worth. So it's totally yeah. important. Now, then when... For the Christian, <laughs> there is a 
another identity. We are identified in Christ. Ephesians 1 explains all of that, all the gifts and benefits of being in Christ. And um, so that identity uh, is, a, is a different layer and a different and, and unique. It informs the way we act, the way we think, the way we are uh, relate to the world around us. Um, but Genesis one is pretty powerful. So, <laughs> so anyways, well, it's it's interesting that you bring up Genesis one. Uh, I believe it's in uh, Playing God that Andy Crouch talks about how you know so oftentimes it, what he he kind of uses this analogy of there's missing parts of the Bible, and it's not that the Bible is incomplete, right? It's just that sometimes we ignore Genesis one and two, and then the last two chapters of Revelation 20 and 21. Like there's times where we ignore those things and we just focus on everything in the middle. And there's there's powerful, good and necessary things there. I mean, it's the Bible, the Bible is complete. But, but when we ignore that Genesis two and we forget that we're image bearers, we forget that those around us are created in God's image for the purpose of eternity to dwell with him to enjoy him forever right to to worship him i mean the good news isn't the good news without those things per se um you know it, it's just kind of like a rescue hook i believe is what what andy says there and for you to be able to teach that to kids mm -hmm. you know because that imago days throughout all of your it seems to be a thing throughout all of your kids books that that there is an identity in god that's that is that makes the differences that we even have more beautiful, more amazing, more incredible because God and in Christ loves us equally no matter what. Yeah, well, and I do share, I, I do share even in God's very good idea, Genesis 3, because we, yeah. because sin mars that, that identity, right? It, it's, it's, we're separated from God. And so, because of Jesus, we can have a relationship with him and be restored. And yeah. so there's this, that because of Jesus, we can love right. We don't always love right, but because of yeah. Jesus, yeah. we can. Because of Jesus, we can be kind because of Jesus. And so, and so I, there is a completeness to that that needs to happen. But to Andy Crouch's point, we just never, we we often neglect some of these foundational truths yeah and it it really does affect the rest of it because if yeah. we don't understand that people are made with value and worth mm -hmm. then it's pretty easy to be a racist yeah they're not valuable they're not worthy yeah they're not equal to me that's what racism is for example just to point out a yeah. really obvious one yeah um, but yep. then, it's the same thing with um i wrote a book on the sin of partiality james 2. yeah if we don't understand now james 2 he goes love well we're not going to love those who we don't value yep, so so there is there's some foundational truth that i think we miss often even as adults but what a joy that we can disciple and teach our kids. And yeah. so I'm really looking forward to talking through some of those concepts and thoughts um, in September um, at the conference. And so, because I do think that um, 
that we we have we have the tools through our work yeah. through the bible it's just about trying to figure out the language and how to how we can take what we know and give it to our kids i want to say one other thing before we move on something i also try to do is not speak down to kids mm -hmm. um so, because they're so smart yes. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they can learn that you know and in and all different levels but they 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 can engage they can engage in pictures they can engage in words and so and so it's um it's been a joy to to challenge the mind as well as yeah. um teaching god's words so anyways well, if I know Melanie has another thing to ask you here, but I mean, if I could just address, you mentioned the book uh, that deals with James 2, which is the big wide welcome. And in that, I, the, for me, uh, some of the added, um, the added essence, if you will, comes about in those illustrations. I mean, mm -hmm. just, uh, I forget which spread it is, but there's the spread of, I don't have the book with me here, but the spread of the church, you know, you have that, that yeah. church and you have individuals of all different ages and ethnicities mm -hmm. and abilities mm -hmm. all around and there's a table in one section of it and it's just like man it speaks to this this beauty right this yep. this revelation 7 beauty if you will of of god bringing together all of these that he's adopted as his own through christ that are worshiping at the banquet of the uh the banquet of the lamb and it's just amazing trillia those those little nuances throughout those books for me are kind of the the i don't know they they just they're like these wonderful little surprises that that provide a little bit more like um a little bit more understanding just seeing yeah. a, a, like in one of the in in another page in that book you have a, a blind individual who's kind yeah. of walking his way and you, he's in the same crowd right as a, a redhead girl as a an elderly individual a person in a wheelchair like all of these individuals and you show this impartiality you show this love that james too mm -hmm. is talking about and in all of that again i come back to the fact that you show this amago day these are all men and women created in God's image and being image bearers is a beautiful thing that we need to teach our kids. Uh, because mm -hmm. to your point, not only is racism a, a complete um, devaluing of individuals, there's no way to combat it unless and until we understand that we are all image bearers made in God's image. Yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful yeah. truth for, for families and for children to behold. Amen, thank you for that. Thank you for that encouragement. And I should note, that I helped instruct the artwork. I did not draw. No, yeah, I'm sorry. For those, for those on the, for those on this, Julia is of many talents, but I, I don't know if, if drawing I is perhaps one of them. No, I actually can't even draw stick figures. <laughs> they look crazy. So, so Catalina, um, she, for God's very good idea, and. Um, the Big Wide Welcome. She was the illustrator for that. And then Chase Williamson was uh, the illustrator for Creative God, Colorful Lush. Mm -hmm. She did, it's it's just, she, for Creative God, Colorful Lush, she actually painted, like, mm -hmm. on a, it's wild, wild. It is. I don't know if y'all can see this, but it's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It is well done. It is. Wild. So, so these, these, I love it that the Lord has given us all so many different gifts yeah. that we can use for his glory and in concert together. Um, and Amen. so anyways, it's a joy.
Chilia, you can just tell that, that that comes just spilling out of you in, in quite literally the books that God is leading you to write. Like in just our conversation here, you can tell that that has been yeah. laced through everything that you're saying. And then to Mike's point, it's also laced through all of the things that you write that, that what does it look like for kids on a grand scheme to see hatred and ugliness and racism and, and things that show the division that the, the schemer, the devil brings into our lives. And I think what I really appreciate is that you do a really great job of helping parents to understand, um, just to kind of give them words to talk about it in a way that helps to take the, the, the beauty of how God has created us, the brokenness in which we exist and the redemption that comes without it feeling like words that that might come from a like a theology book right and so just another great example honestly Julia is my daughter the other day had an experience where she was wanting to play with a group of girls who were being very exclusive and they chose to say you don't get to play with us so she ran over to us and she was crying and we kind of worked through it, but I, but in the moment, really all the words that I could kind of come up with, because honestly it was, it was kind of awkward because it happened at church. And so it just, it was like, okay, honey, like, like I understand how painful this is. And, and this is what it feels like when we choose to not, and I, and I think I use the words to not see people for what they can bring. And honestly, it was a moment where all of a sudden we, I think it was two days later, we were reading, um, we were reading the big wide welcome. And I was like, this, this is what I wanted to say to her in that moment. And, and so of course we were reading it and, and she got it, but it, it helps oh. to break apart this idea of like division does yes. not help us to value what each of us bring to the table and what the body of Christ can be. If we allow ourselves to see God in each of his creation, which is us and us of that, that, that bear his image. Um, and so that's just a really important place, especially today for kids in a world where kids are being told all sorts of things that this is who you are and this is your identity. And this is, you actually should be able to make any of those decisions and change them at any time. You are helping to speak into the lives of children that say, but wait, God speaks differently. And in fact, there's a richness and a life in which God speaks that is not in what the world will hold. Mm. Well, that's really encouraging. And and I, favorites is the, the word that I use yes. for the yes. partiality, which is actually in other translations, depending on what, you're, what Bible translations you're using. And um and aren't we glad that God doesn't play favorites? Yes. You can tell her that. Tell her, I'm so sorry, God doesn't play favorites. So, Amen. but I'm so sorry that that happened. That's, it's so hard. Oh. It happens to your kids. It happens to all of our kids, right? It happens to all yeah. of them. And so that's why we, that's why we come together. And this is why we need each other to help mm -hmm. connect and have influence over one another. So. Trillia, with that being said, and, and hearing, I mean, you probably can go to any number of places where people have read your books and they're going to come up to you and say these kind of glowing things. But, but what has for you, what has been kind of the most rewarding aspect of writing for kids? Well, you know, it's interesting because I feel like I've already kind of said it. It's the response and mm. it's the response of, um, of parents. There, there have been parents who have 
use the resources that I've written to lead them to Jesus. Wow. And that they've emailed me and I'm like, first of all, that's you. That's the Lord. That's ultimately yeah. the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's your investment. It's good. Good job, mom, dad, your investment. But praise God, we would use resource to, to lead, help you there. Yeah. To, to, yeah. Ah, so that to me is absolutely amazing. But also just their curiosity because kids are, mm-hmm. I mean, for some reason, I don't know, if, and maybe this is happens with all kids books. I typically read my own, <laughs> but <laughs> they bring up the most interesting questions. Things yeah. like, well, what happened to in the um, Tower of Babel? Well, mm-hmm. wait a minute. What's what's going on? Why did um, whatever? I mean, there's just so many questions. Yeah, and, and and I'm thinking one, someone else is teaching you, so that's good. Yeah. But two, you're really thinking, and yeah. so so to me, the response, whatever that response is, and I don't always hear, but parents are really they're so excited to share their you know more than they will share their own hearts. You know, so I don't always hear this for my own, I do, but not always, but for kids books, you just, you do get to hear, um, about a child who came to know the Lord or uh, realized that they were, um, how to love or just all sorts of things. That to me is such a blessing. That's great. So Charlie, we as an organization, uh, that's why we exist is that we want to help every child every youth around the world to know, love, and serve Jesus Christ, right? So you are just speaking our language. We are right there with you. And um, we ask everyone that that we have the, the honor of chatting with, we ask them a question that we love to just hear their response. So our question for you is, how, um, how would you share the gospel with a child? How would I share the gospel with a child? Yeah. Well, I, I'd probably start, I mean, I'm... <laughs> I would start where, did you know that God created you? He created you and he loves creating you. But then people, they sinned. And when people sinned, that means that they did something wrong and mm-hmm. sin affects all of us. And I would probably ask questions. Have you ever thought of some of hitting anyone or doing something wrong or whatever? Draw them out. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Let them confess in. Because yeah. you, they gotta be convinced. No, I'm and then, <laughs> and then I would I would tell them, do did you know that when you do something wrong that it's actually sin against God and God is perfect and we can't we can't sin against God. We we don't want to sin against God. And then I would explain, guess what? Jesus died on a cross. And I would say it differently, but he died on the cross and he took all of our sins, every bad thing mm-hmm. you've ever done. He took it, he took it all. And that he did not stay dead. He rose victorious. So he's alive right now and you can know him. I'd probably fill in some blanks, like Jesus is the son of God and da, da, da. <laughs> but I would, that's it in a nutshell. I would sure. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, Julia, thank you so much for being on with us today. Thank you so much for just what a beautifully transparent opportunity to see the way that the Lord has not only captured your heart at the age of 22, but then continued to show off just the best parts of himself in the way that he's designed you. So thank you for being here with us. And so if you want to hear more from Trillia, she is going to be one of our speakers on the main stage at the Child Discipleship Forum in September of this year, where we likely said it will be right in the natural backyard. If you would like to attend that, we will throw the link into the comments and we would love to have you or your team there, either in person or online. Speakers just like Trillia will be um, just having the same conversation of what is it look like to help children know, love, and serve Jesus in a culture that feels unfamiliar and honestly um, so counter to what our faith holds and the tenets of what God has called us to. So Trillia, we cannot wait to be there in person. We will not have to have these computer screens in front of us. Um, thank you for being here with us today. Mike, thank you so much for your time and just the investment that you made into learning more about um, your investment with kids too. So until Nashville, when we are all together, y'all have a great couple of months and we will see you later. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Julia, thank you. Take care, guys. The Resilient Disciples podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient child disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith. Young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from the conversation as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is mixed, edited, and produced by me, Marlon Washington, and hosted by Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from the album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.